Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Each of the four Gospels is unique in how it begins. The Gospel of John begins with Jesus Christ in eternity past. Matthew begins with the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the king. Luke also presents us with a genealogy, but not in the line of the kingship. Luke's introduction shows us Jesus as a genuine and proper man. Mark, on the other hand, does not begin with any reference to the origin of the man Jesus. Rather, it begins this way, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Notice that it's not the gospel of Jesus or the gospel of the Son of God, but the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is a marvelous beginning to Mark's gospel because it highlights both his divinity as well as his humanity. Ron Kangas is with us as we are now to our fourth program in this life study of the gospel of Mark. And Ron, we saw that this term, the gospel, which uh, Romans tells us means the good news, the glad tidings, uh, could be summarized by the whole totality of the Old Testament. And in our program, Witness Lee gave us a marvelous summary, reducing it really to three key words. First, of course, the Old Testament begins with promises, divine promises. Uh, Then we have the law that was brought in to keep God's chosen people in custody until these promises were fulfilled. Uh, And then third thing, the prophets were raised up to confirm the promises. But I thought as a way of review, it might be good just to go back and for those who missed the program and just give us just a little underline of this threefold fulfillment that we see here with the initiation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The three things you mentioned, you know, the promises... From the very beginning, in Genesis 3, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. And then we have the law itself. And the law, of course, on one level is the moral law of God, Mm -hmm. uh, stating his covenant requirements for his redeemed people. But the law is also, in essence a definition of God, and in a very real sense, the tables of the law that were placed in the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant, are a type of Christ. And then we have so many prophecies in the Old Testament reinforcing the promises. The point we would make is that the gospel is the fulfillment of, of the entire Old Testament, especially along these three lines. The gospel is not simply an elementary word that God loves us. He sent the Lord Jesus to die for our sins. We believe into him and we will have eternal life, usually defined as heaven. The gospel is the all-inclusive fulfillment 
of all of these lines in the Old Testament. And we might say paradoxically, and I hope this is leading us in the direction that uh, you want us to go. If not, I hope it's beneficial for its own sake. It's somewhat paradoxical that this fulfillment is initiated by a termination. Yes. The Lord sends John the Baptist there preaching a baptism of repentance, and that baptism, with its symbolism of burial underwater, signifies a termination that will lead to a germination in Christ of an entirely new era, the era of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Well, Ron, we'll stop you right there because that's a perfect lead into where we want to go. So uh, we'll just take that as the Lord's sovereign arrangement and jump right into Witness Lee's first portion. We pick up this matter of the beginning of the gospel really being a termination and a germination. Here's Witness Lee. Here, Mark uses the beginning of the gospel. You know, this word beginning is also used by John. John says, in the beginning was the word. Right? That was the beginning of the word. The beginning of the word, we know, that was in eternity past, in John 1. one. Now, the beginning of the gospel here in Mark, when? When? It says, as prophesied by Isaiah concerning the coming out of the Baptist John. When John came out in a well way, Announcing repentance. That was the beginning. And the beginning of the gospel is the termination of the law and the germination of the grace. Hallelujah. The termination must be followed by the germination. Then you have a beginning. And what is germination? The germination is just the initiation of this safe savior. When we use the word initiation, That means to usher one into a new circle. This kind of initiation somewhat equals inauguration. When one president has been elected, then a day would be set up for his inauguration. He would be initiated into his presidency. Okay. Jesus was born to be the seed of woman and the seed of Abraham. In other words, to be our slave savior, to destroy the serpent and to bring in the triumph God as our blessing. Yet, he was not initiated into his ministry until he grew up, up to the age of 30. Then he came to be initiated into his ministry. Brother Ron, we have this um, term, the initiation of his ministry, with a reference back to one of Isaiah's prophecies. We were talking about prophecies being one of the aspects that uh, is fulfilled with the term, the gospel, the good tidings. But I was struck particularly about this matter of termination and germination, the two working together that really constitute this beginning of the gospel. Maybe you could talk about this for a moment. According to the uh, natural human concept that 
When the Lord Jesus was about to begin his public ministry, he should have simply laid down his carpenter's tools and started working. But what he did was according to divine plan. Our basis for saying it's according to divine plan was that Isaiah prophesied concerning this one who would come to prepare the way of the Lord. And to be sure, this applies to John the Baptist. The actual beginning of the gospel is with John the Baptist's ministry of termination through baptism and preparing the way for the one, the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, who would baptize in and with the Holy Spirit. But we don't want to lose the emphasis here. God's way of initiating the Lord into his ministry was with total termination. I mean, of everything. So John the Baptist's ministry was to announce repentance for the sake of the kingdom, and that kingdom is really the person of the Lord himself. And those who received his word were baptized, and by so doing, they were being buried. They were, spiritually speaking, terminating everything of religion, of culture, of tradition, everything old, because the Lord was about to have a radically new beginning, a dispensational change. And this involves, first, the termination. That was John the Baptist's part. Then the Lord, who baptizes in and with the Holy Spirit, he brings in, in resurrection life, germination. People like to have new beginnings, Often, their so-called new beginnings are merely outward attempts. Mm. There was an outward and practical aspect to the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But germination points to something inward, intrinsic, and organic. John the Baptist's ministry and the Lord's being baptized by John the Baptist indicates complete termination. The Lord stood on the ground of being terminated as a man in the old creation, although a man without sin. And he stood on the ground that his ministry would be in resurrection, it would be in God, it would be according to God. This was how he was initiated into his ministry. Just a little footnote, and this is not really a poke, it's an observation. Uh, Many dear believers in the Lord with the desire to serve the Lord, they go to a seminary, then they get ordained, and they have a special ceremony to ordain people, and there may be the laying on of hands. Have you ever heard of an ordination service that really is a funeral, Mm. where the candidate is told you need to be terminated You need to follow in the steps of the Lord Jesus. If you want to have ministry, you must be buried in baptism and resurrected with Christ. Well, be that as it may, for those who try to serve God in that context, we need to be deeply impressed. God's beginnings, in particular the beginning of the gospel, 
is with termination of all that preceded it, and with germination in the life of God of something altogether new. Mm. I just rejoice at fellowshipping this, that our God has such a way to bring in the new dispensation called here the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who himself was buried in baptism, resurrected, anointed with the Spirit, and served God beautifully as the slave of God. Well, Ron, we've got uh, two portions left, two brief portions. In this next one, we're going to take a look in a little more detail the significance of the way that John the Baptist was introduced and his ushering in of Christ. And then the second section will touch a very significant point, and that is, why would Jesus Christ have needed to go through a baptism? So with that uh, little foretaste of things to come, let's get back to Witness Lee. John the Baptist came out in the wilderness, a place without culture, a place without civilization, a place without religion, a place without human society, nothing. John the Baptist, who was he? Don't forget, his father was a leading priest, and he was the firstborn son of this leading priest. Where should he be? He should be in the temple, wearing the priestly robes, eating the holy death, full of culture, full of religion, full of civilization, full of education, full of knowledge. Yet he wouldn't stay in the temple. He came to the wilderness. What he wore? He wore the camel hair, dirty. What he ate? He ate wild honey. Wild. He was altogether wild. This means what? This means the termination of the old culture, the old religion, the old dispensation. What he preached? He preached repentance. Repent. What does the word repent mean? It means turn your mind. Have a turn from your culture. Have a turn from your religion. Have a turn from your civilization. Have a turn from your education. Have you turned from your social life? Have you turned from your knowledge? Turn, turn, turn. Turn to all, to God. That age has been terminated. You all have turned. Repent. Ron, let's take a moment now. You said this termination is the termination of everything. In the life study, Witness Lee makes this point that even John the Baptist, here's this one who was uh, actually the son of the priest, and he was the firstborn son, so his rightful place should have been in the temple with the priestly garments and eating the priest's diet and in all of the positions and status that that entails. But rather, he rejects all of that, puts off the garments of the priest, and wears these wild clothes and uh, eats a, a wild diet and uh, is out in the wilderness away from things like culture, education. How does this emphasize or underscore the point you were already making? Maybe the best way to respond in our limited time is to say that this is almost a visual representation of the break, of the termination with the past. Remember, we're not talking about repudiation. There's no spirit of rebellion here, no generation gap. 
There is a fulfillment of the entire Old Testament along the lines of promises, the law, and the prophecies. But this fulfillment is worked out through termination. And John, the son of a priest, didn't wear the linen garments, instead camel's hair. Didn't eat the meal offering and the meat of the various offerings, locusts, wild honey. He was not in the holy city. He was not in the holy temple. He was in the wilderness, indicating by his very demeanor. Yeah. And he was filled with the Spirit economically from his mother's womb. So he didn't do this because he had a kind of radical disposition. He was following the Spirit. God was indicating, I'm having a new start. I'm terminating everything. This is a new age, a new dispensation. You need to prepare yourself. You need to repent in the sense of turning your mind, changing your mind to the Lord and having God's view of your situation. And if you have that view, you will realize you need to be buried in baptism so that your inner being, the way in your mind— and all the paths in your heart and soul can be cleared away for the coming of the Lord. Mm. Well, our final section today, to me, this is a delightful portion. Let me read a little bit here, again in Mark chapter 1, verses 7, 8, and 9. And he was preaching and saying, of course, this is John the Baptist now, After me, one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And it came about in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And specifically, we'll see a lot in this last short section, but uh, the matter of the baptism of Jesus, I think, will be very enlightening to all our listeners. So let's go back to Witness Lee. John the Baptist came to uh, number one announced the repentance of the gospel, and then he baptized those repentant people. And that means he terminated them with their old life. He also did a good job to uh, usher in the uh, Savior. His ministry was not for himself. All what he did was for another one, to come. And that coming one was too great. Even he was not worthy to lose the uh, shoes of uh, that one. Then that one came. And uh, he came not to do a work, not to teach, not to preach. He came to receive that kind of baptism. You just think about this dear Savior came to be baptized. And that is the baptism of repentance. Then you would ask, does the safe Savior need to repent? Well, surely he does not need to repent. But you have to realize what is the real significance of repentance. The real significance of repentance is to terminate your thought your thinking, your concept, your logics, your philosophy, your way to be a man, to do things, to work, and so forth, right? 
this is the significance of repentance. Not just to regret of your wrong, that to shallow. Jesus came to be baptized, indicating that he would not live by himself. He would not work. He would not uh, behave. He would not uh, uh, do anything or speak anything by himself. He liked to put himself to the end, even to be buried. He liked to get himself terminated that he could minister by God. And that baptism was the first step of his initiation, of his being ushered in, ushered into his slave service, which is the ministry of the gospel. Ron, uh, verse 4 calls this baptism of John's a baptism of repentance. And as Witness Lee just pointed out, the shallow thought is to repent means to feel bad about the things that we have done that are wrong. Well, if that's the real definition of baptism of repentance, why then is Jesus being baptized? There must be a greater significance. The logic here is really airtight. If repentance simply means what you say, uh, regretting, feeling bad about what you did, having a turn so you can be forgiven, then the Lord Jesus absolutely would not have needed to submit to such a baptism. He had nothing to regret. He had no sin. He never sinned. Throughout his whole life, he knew no sin. So he could not have repented in that sense. But Brother Lee, in his exposition, really helped us and enlightened us to see beyond the surface, that to repent is to have another mind, a different mind. One of the two words that make up the Greek word is the word for mind. It refers to changing your mind, your view, your logic, your understanding, your concept. I wouldn't say that the Lord Jesus had to change his mind, but his baptism Being in these terms, a baptism of repentance is a declaration. I do not follow the mind of the natural man. I do nothing by the natural concept. I do not serve according to human logic. I repudiate all of that by being baptized. I reject everything of the old creation, everything of man in the old creation. Viewed in this deeper way, it was appropriate for the Lord to submit to such a baptism. And we may add this further word using the parallel portion in Matthew that the Lord said in Matthew, I must fulfill righteousness. This was something ordained by the Lord for everyone in the old creation. And the Lord Jesus, being a man in the old creation by having a body of flesh, although not a flesh of sin, mm-hmm. He was required by God to submit to what God had ordained for that process of initiation. So whether it's with righteousness in Matthew or repentance in Mark, the Lord's being baptized, we would say again for emphasis, is a declaration that he utterly repudiates everything natural, everything of man in the flesh. His standing is the standing 
that is in God, that is of God, that is in resurrection. No wonder then that immediately after he came up from the water, the heavens were opened to him. The Father made a marvelous declaration concerning him, and the Spirit as a dove came upon him. This is God's endorsement of this wonderful slave Savior whose gospel is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the The Son Son of God. Wow, what an initiation, or as Witness Lee pointed out in our program today, an inauguration of this ministry, this gospel of the slave Savior. This is a delightful life study, and I'm talking about the whole life study of Mark. The content is wonderful. The spirit of it is very endearing, pure, supplying. May all those who hear these messages be richly blessed. Amen. I would say amen to that. Well, we hope in uh, so doing that you would take the time to contact us and get the printed Life Study messages. If you'd like to find out about how to get the printed messages, call us. Our toll-free number, 1-888-543-3788. And we uh, are out of time for today. For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. This program is brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher of the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. To find out more, we invite you to visit our website, lsm.org. There you'll find more than 600 titles from both authors available online. You can also listen to recordings of Witness Lee's spoken messages and see the full array of material that Living Stream has to offer. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.